Welcome to Season 3 of Yoga Corner Chats, where we dive deep into the wisdom of purpose-driven women who are rewriting life's rulebook. I'm your host, Shelby Phoenix, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. This season, we're breaking free from the ordinary, celebrating the extraordinary, and embracing the unapologetic pursuit of authenticity. Join us as we explore stories of resilience, self-discovery, and the pursuit of an uncharted path. Our conversations are more heart-centered than ever, delving into the core of what it means to lead a life in alignment with your values. We're shattering societal norms one episode at a time and redefining success on our terms. Each week, we'll be joined by incredible women, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, wellness warriors, and more, who are daring to be different and inspiring us to do the same. Get ready for an abundance of inspiration, empowerment, and unfiltered authenticity. So if you're ready to trade conformity for creativity, perfectionism for purpose, and self-doubt for self-love, you're in the right place. Subscribe now and join our vibrant community of listeners who are choosing to live life authentically. Yoga Corner Chats is more than just a podcast. It's a journey. Let's embark on this path together towards a life that aligns with our deepest values. Are you ready? Roll out your mat, take a deep breath, and let's dive in. Press play and let the transformation begin. Welcome to Yoga Corner Chats, where real women, real conversations, and real transformation happen. Welcome back to another enlightening episode of Yoga Corner Chats. I'm your host, Shelby Phoenix, and today we're delving into the fascinating world of navigating the job search journey without burning out. Joining me is the incredible Leora Alvarez, a queer and neurodivergent career coach, here to share her expertise and insights. Leora has made it her mission to guide job seekers with intention, helping them bring mindfulness to their job searches and navigate the corporate landscape while staying true to themselves. As someone who understands the unique challenges of the neurodivergent experience, Leora brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. And I have to just say that some of the exercises and advice that Leora offered during this episode, I took into my own job search. And since this episode was recorded, I've been able to land a job that I think is really going to align with the needs that I have as a neurodivergent individual. In this episode, we're going to explore various aspects of the job search from preventing workout and working smarter, not harder, to supporting your neurodivergent brain in a remote work environment. Liara will share practical tips, personal experiences, and insights that will not only help you in your job search, but also encourage a healthier and more intentional approach to your career growth. If you haven't already, make sure to subs- <laughs> if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Yoga Corner Chats on all major podcast platforms. Stay connected for updates, behind the scenes content and more exciting episodes. Your journey to wellness and self-discovery continues right here on Yoga Corner Chats. So without further ado, let's begin this episode. Hello everyone. My name is Shelby Phoenix. I am the host of Yoga Corner Chats. I'm so glad to have you here. Today we're joined by Leora Alvarez, who is a queer and neurodivergent career coach who helps 
Job seekers bring intention to their job searches and helps them navigate corporate workspaces while remaining authentic and true to themselves. Leora, it's so glad to have you here. Welcome. Is Did I get everything in there right? Yeah, you got everything right. I'm so excited to be here. So if it's okay with you, before we jump in, I like to start with a few grounding breaths. Is that all right? Sounds great. Okay. Anyone who's listening, I invite you to join us as well if you're in a safe space. Settle down into your feet, your bottom, whatever is touching a surface, maybe the palm of your hands. Sit up nice and tall without forcing perfect posture. Take a deep breath in through your nose, fill your belly, expand your rib cage, fill all the way to your collarbone, hold at the top. Big breath out. Two more. Fill up. Belly. Rib cage. Collarbone. Hold. And let it all go. Last one. Biggest breath you've had today. And whenever you feel ready, if your eyes are closed, you can gently open them, come back into the space. So to get started, Leora, I would love if you would share a little bit about your journey and what led you to become a career coach, especially a career coach that supports neurodivergent and queer individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, I've had a lot of different jobs. I'm an ADHD -er, so that kind of comes with the territory, but my career started, uh, I guess like back in school, I went to college for graphic design and I worked in the field for a couple of years. Nothing really ever stuck. <laughs> I think a lot of ADHD -ers can relate to this. I was like changing jobs every year. If I made it to a year at a job, it was <laughs> a good sign. Um, but that didn't last super long. I eventually left, uh, the design world. I felt too much like a cog in the machine. Like I was just a design robot, found myself working for Starbucks. I had worked on and off there for a while and I made my way up through the ranks. I made my way from barista to manager in about a year and then um, retail life and <laughs> having to manage a store that was open quite a lot was really tough for me um, and just led to a lot of burnout. So I found myself in recruiting um, and that's kind of how, what led me here. So I worked at an agency as a recruiter for several years. I eventually made my way to a startup. Um, I got laid off this past March and I had always wanted to have my own business. I've had various types of businesses I've tried to start. Um, but especially when I was laid off, it just felt like this was the right step for me. Um, a few months before being laid off, my dad passed away. So he left me with a bit of a legacy that I could lean on. Uh, so I didn't have to go back to work right away. And something was just telling me that this was the time I had a little bit more financial stability, more than I ever had in the past, minimal debt. Uh, and I was able to just kind of dive into having my own business. And I felt like career coaching was a natural segue from being a recruiter, because that's kind of part of the job of being a recruiter is career coaching. And so I knew that if I was going to be a career coach, I wanted to specialize in specific communities, especially those that I identify with, being a queer person myself, being neurodivergent myself, 
And the job searching process is really tough in general, but especially given that it is often formed through neurotypical ideals, neurotypical processes. And so I thought being a career coach was a good way to kind of bridge that gap and help job seekers navigate the, navigate the job process. Um, I can, well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story so vulnerably. I really appreciate that. Um, and I, I, there's so many things I want to comment on about that. I think, I think what I'll pull out is like, um, talking about like burnout in certain positions and jobs you've been in. And you also talk a lot about burnout when you're trying to find a new job, right? So you're like, oh, there's more things I have burnout I have to worry about when I'm trying to like switch careers. And I also am curious about how that is a particular challenge for people who are neurodivergent and people who are queer. And like a personal example is like, I left my career in education and then realized that I couldn't go back to that intensity of work because of my neurodivergency. And so kind of trying to like figure out like what is realistic and authentic as you navigate that kind of (laughs) burnout and all the other challenges you come across. Yeah. So I think being, being queer, being neurodivergent, um, there's so many things you can get burnt out by. (laughs) You can get burnt out from masking. Like I didn't realize I was, I was an ADHD year until two years ago, maybe (laughs) three years ago, uh, being home during the pandemic definitely brought a lot of that to light. Uh, and then I figured out I was autistic, like within the last two years or so. And it just made that awareness made so much of my life and my career history make so much more sense. And I wish there are so many times I wish I would have known this before, because maybe life wouldn't have been such a struggle if I had yeah. actually had words to put uh, to put to like this whole experience that I was having. And then being a queer person depending on where you live, if you don't have the privilege of living in more of like a queer centered uh, city or an open-minded area, there's like another level of masking. Yeah. Um, and there's just so, there's so many different levels depending on the intersections of your identity. Um, and so I think even just living and surviving day to day can lead to burnout in itself. And I also have found a lot of Queer people, a lot of neurodivergent people tend to work in service-based industries, food service, retail, teaching, like just these really high energy, um, difficult jobs. Yeah. And so that becomes unsustainable for a while, or you go through a life change that brings a whole nother level of difficulty, like getting married or buying a house, having kids. I'm child-free and (laughs) always plan to be, but I've seen that with people in my life who aren't, that it just brings all of these new levels of stress. And in our capitalist society, I mean, we need multiple jobs. We need to work. We need to pay the bills somehow. Sometimes that means having more than one job or having both, you know, everyone in the household is working. So there's just so many elements that are kind of working against us uh, in in life and work in general. 
not sure if there was a question or if I answered a question in there, but those are my thoughts. <laughs> no, there's like so many um, like really important things that you said just about how I think what I heard a lot is like all the intersections of your identity in and of themselves can lead to burnout and then adding on a career and maybe adding on other jobs or just being in a really high intensity career, like it can ultimately lead <laughs> to additional burnout on top of that. So if someone's kind of feeling that, like I imagine maybe someone's in a restaurant job, they're like kind of feeling overwhelmed and they want to start searching for jobs. That's overwhelming, right? Like how do you reduce burnout in that <laughs> yeah, job search. Absolutely. So if you are already burnt out and you're working and you're thinking about changing jobs because your work is leading to your burnout, best case scenario, which is rare, people have the privilege that you can like quit and take some time off. Um, but that's very unlikely. It's a small chance that you can do that. I was able to do that because my parent died. <laughs> <laughs> not the best case scenario, but he was able to leave me some money and uh, I could lean on that. But not everyone has um, even the little bit of general of generational wealth that I had. Not everyone has that. Um, yeah. I was able to have my wife leave work for two years because we could lean on my corporate salary, you know, and that was really helpful. But again, not everyone has that privilege. So I would say like, if your job is leading to your is leading to your burnout and you're looking for something else, the first thing I recommend is see if you are able to see a therapist mm -hmm. or lean on some sort of mental health support because that's going to be the foundation. Like you yeah. need that no matter what. Um, but in terms of searching for a job, I find especially through this like capitalistic society that people get this feeling that if you are not spending like all of your energy looking for work or trying mm -hmm. to be employed or make an income that you're doing something wrong. And so that's usually the first thing I talked, I talk with, um, or I talk about with my clients is that you need to find some balance, especially if you're still working, don't spend all of your available time looking for work, spend some of the time looking and then spend your other time trying to support your mental health yeah. to cope with the burnout. So taking walks, getting movement and doing meditation, yoga, finding some way to like move your body and get that sort of anxious burnout energy out mm. and then leaning on your community at the same time, whether that is friends or family people on the internet, uh, which for me being an autistic ADHD -er, I often connect with people the best online versus in yeah. person, um, discord communities, all of that good stuff. And then just take your time. So by take your time, I mean, be intentional. So this is something I work yeah. with my clients on a lot. It's being intentional. So, you know, you might want to get out of food service real bad, but getting into another, high stress job isn't going to solve the problem. And yeah. so being intentional, like, where am I going next? Like, what is the problem with this job? Is it um, inconsistent hours are the problem? Is it uh, the schedule's always changing? Is it overstimulating? So this does require a certain level of self-awareness that some people might not have. Like I said, past couple years is when I realized all of these things that were affecting me. 
So um, I was fired from a job for not being able to meet like the key performance indicators and all of the <laughs> metrics that they wanted me to meet. And then I realized later it was because I worked in an open office. It was a sales-based environment. There was like always like club music playing and the speaker was oh right at my desk. <laughs> and I'm on the phone all day. And like, and there's just like all these different things that I realized later. I was like, no wonder I like couldn't survive because none of this was an inclusive environment for someone yeah. who's neurodivergent. We had one small office you theoretically could work out of, but the computer in that office, this was before we got laptops, the computer in that office wasn't connected to the internet. So it couldn't <laughs> even Jesus. work from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I swear the only reason I actually lasted in that job as long as I did before I was ultimately fired was because of the pandemic. So I was able to like change the environment that I was in. And then I realized yeah. remote work is like so needed for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like, just like identifying some of the things about your job that isn't working for you and is causing the burnout and then being intentional about looking for jobs that don't have those aspects or have those reduced a bit. But it is so important if you are already in the midst of burnout to find ways to cope with it and move yeah. through it. And that's often going to mean doing things that you're not already doing. So it's more than likely you don't have a movement routine or you don't have a mindfulness practice or you're not leaning on your therapist or you are and your therapist isn't the right fit for you. Yeah. So there's just like certain things that you can do to, to help reduce that as you move forward and look for other jobs. Um. Yeah, I think that it's I'm really glad that you emphasize the importance of mental health because um, burnout like is a real thing. And sometimes when you're in it and you don't even know it's happening and like, so like having resources outside of yourself to be able to heal and get to like a better, like headspace is super important. Um, so you also talked about how ADHDers, especially our stereotype this way, right? Bouncing from like career to career or job to job. Um, and that kind of like investigation of what kind of job is going to work for you, like asking those questions you were um, saying before. So like for me, I have been, you know, a teacher and an artist and this and that. And now I'm unemployed. I'm not burnt out, but I'm confused, <laughs> right? Like, um, I'm a little confused about trying to navigate the resumes online, a little confused about like where I want to be, that intention moving forward. Um, where's a good place to start? Yeah. So if I if were treating you like a client, I would say always start with starting to think through what have you liked about things you've done in the past? Like think about the other jobs you've had, other experiences that you've had. Are there things that you would be happy to do again? And things that in the past you have had no problem doing that you were good at or that gave you a sense of like accomplishment at the end mm. of the day um, or well, not or, and I would also think about the things that you like to do. So 
I find, I find with a lot of clients, I ask, what do you like to do? And they start telling me all the things that they're good at. And I'm yeah. like, that's not the question. <laughs> what do you like to do? Because just because you're good at something doesn't mean you like to do it and you enjoy right. it. So <laughs> I would say like, start there, figure out, you know, of your past experience, what are the things you've actually enjoyed doing? And then that can maybe help you figure out what the next step is. So if you can list out the things that you really like doing, you can often find a theme. Um, So many of the clients I work with, the things they like doing are very like structured, like they love data entry or like distilling information from data or um, a lot of the folks I work with like create like creative stuff, like designing things or writing, um, stuff like that. So if you can figure out the things that you like to do, it can often help you figure out what jobs to apply for. And I also get this question a lot of like, oh, I've done a million things. And like my resume is like a hodgepodge of stuff and it's all <laughs> over the place. So same approach. What do you like to do? What are you going to, what are you willing to do again? And then leave everything else off of your resume. Um, I also like to use like LinkedIn, um, on LinkedIn, you can search by skill set. So let's say you like to manage social media calendars, or you like to work with budgets. You can like put that in the search bar and then it'll help you kind of get some ideas for jobs that maybe have that as a part of it. Yeah. So kind of starting, starting with what you like to do and then, um, branching off of that to kind of get more and more specific. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Cause if you can figure out what you like to do and the things that you've enjoyed in the past, it'll be much more clear as to which jobs you should go after. And then on the flip side, also noting what would you never want to do again? Yes. Like, what, are the things, what are the things that you're like, this is like a walk away type of thing. So that's kind of, um, actually, this is a good sort of exercise to do is the, the wish, want, and walk. So wish, want, walk. What do you wish for? These are the things that are like, the ultimate goal. Like you almost feel like a little like, like giddy. If you like, think about them, like I want to make like 200,000 a year. Um, or like, I want my company to pay for all of my health insurance. Like I don't have to pay anything towards it. Or, um, you know, I want a fully remote job for some people that feels like so out of reach. So that's kind of like the wish, like the out of reach things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the want are the things that you would be like more than happy to wake up in the morning and go do, whether it's um, the type of work, the type of company, the salary, you know, what are those things that feel a little bit more realistic, but you'd be more than happy with. And then the walk is everything else that you're like, no way. I would not accept this. (laughs) I wouldn't accept the pay. I wouldn't accept the type of job. I wouldn't accept this type of company. If you can define your wish, want, and walk, you are way ahead of the game than most job seekers. And now you have like a blueprint or at least like a lens to kind of think through and search through. So you'll be very clear on what you'll accept and what you won't. And you'll save a lot of energy with this because you're not going to apply for stuff that doesn't fit within that want or wish category. Yeah. I feel like for me, like going back to my resume again, like if I am looking through that little exercise, I feel like for me, that helps with like decision fatigue. Like I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Focus. (laughs) Exactly. Especially the walk away, because I think that 
when we have like uh something high, high, high to reach for, like, and then your your floor, your ground bottom, no hard pass, like I think you're kind of like built bringing the floor up a little bit, like setting expectations higher for what you will expect from your employer and what you expect from yourself. Exactly. And I also feel like, you know, if you've spent 10 years in food service, it's going to be really hard to picture yourself in a different type of job. So I think this is where things like imposter syndrome come in, where you're like, who am I to get this time kind of job or you start yeah. thinking like there's other people who can do this job and like what's the point of me applying um and those aren't productive thought processes even though they come naturally they are not productive thought processes or supportive thought processes would be yeah. a better way to phrase it so um you know we we really do have to watch our self talk this is something i talk about with my therapist all the time <laughs> is watching my self talk so um i feel like this comes with ADHD, at least in my experience, but like I go, I very quickly go to like comparison and imposter syndrome thoughts and negative, like negative thoughts, um, all the what ifs. And so it's been an exercise for me to try to go the opposite. Okay. Like, yeah. Like what if someone else is more qualified, but what if they're not, what if I'm the most qualified person for this job? Um, and so this is where actually things like visualization can really help is taking the time to actually visualize what would this mean for you? How would this, like, what would this look like for you not have to work, you know, from two to 10 PM, but have a more consistent schedule. Uh, what would it look like to like be home for dinner? What would it look like to have energy? What would it look like to have your weekends off? And if you can kind of go through that in your mind, it starts to feel more real. And there's actually like real data on visualization and the um, efficacy of it. So it's not just like, as much as I love the spirituality and like woo stuff, visualization is actually scientifically based. So um, even for skeptics, like this works, it's been proven to work. Um, so that's one of the things that I'll, I'll recommend to folks is like, if it feels totally out of reach, just start visualizing it because you'll see yourself actually doing the work, being in that type of job, not being in like the type of job that burns you out and it'll start to feel more real and you'll feel more confident, which makes the whole process easier. Yeah, absolutely. Your brain's going to like seek out solutions to like what you input to it. Yeah. Um, One way that I had, um, Janelle, she was on this season. Uh, she said what she teaches her clients is to ask themselves empowering questions. So like you just did that, right? So you could say, why am I, I'm not qualified for this. Like, why would I even apply? Or, and that's disempowering, right? You feel shitty Mm -hmm. after, like you don't apply for the job, whatever. Or you ask yourself the empowering question, like what if I am the most, um, you know, qualified for this position um, and how that changes your output? you have calls did you get a project finished things like that just things that made you feel good that were kind of checked off your list and then writing down things that helped you grow or learn maybe people that you talked to or networked with and then I also like to write down things that you need more support with and so the main goal of this like self-documentation is basically to kind of give yourself praise and check in with yourself and say, okay, this wasn't 
uh, this was a good week. You know, this was a week where I, I accomplished all of this stuff and it helps with sort of that time blindness and like yeah. recall struggles that we tend to have. And then it also helps because when performance conversations come around, you have documentation of all of this great work that you did. And then I like to take that to the next level. And usually like, let's say on a Friday, I'll do my self check-in and then maybe Monday morning, I will send a similar check-in to my boss. And so I, I think this works the best in like some corporate environments. Um, but if you if you email with your boss and like emailing is normal or Slack or something like that, you can send them your Monday morning check-in. You're going to include a couple of those great things that you did the week before. And then anything that you need support with, that is when you're going to bring it up. So you'll say, you know, I have this coming up and I have a question about this, or I'm working on this and I'm kind of stuck and I need the help with this. And so you're asking for help you're showing your accomplishments, but you're also most importantly, giving them very clear communication, which is helpful for you and for your boss to help eliminate any like miscommunications or misfires or lapses in communication. So um, that's like my main way. I think any neurodivergent person can accommodate themselves and work is to just start writing things down and checking in with yourself and then leaning on your manager for that too. Yeah. Self-praise is so important. And I think when you have, you know, memory challenges or time blindness, it's a lot easier to like, um, not be able to see like the progress from start to finish because you get so jumbled up in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, so as we're starting to come to the end of our time together, I wanted to know if there's anything exciting that you wanted to share with anyone listening. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited for next year. I'm like kind of overhauling all my offerings, but I have a new like group program coming out. So I've spent the last several months doing amazing one-on-one -on -one intensives with clients. I would meet with them once we'd work together, you know, for an hour session and then through email for two weeks. And I've learned so much from all the clients I've worked with. And so for next year, I'm evolving a bit of that and I'll be doing small group, uh, group-based programming. Um, and I'm so excited for this because it's going to allow a lot of people to get sort of a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience, but doing it in a group at a more accessible price point. And then I'll be offering one-on-one -on -one still, but in a more long-term way. So you can sign up for three months and then work with me more ongoing. Um, and then of course I still have all of my like self-paced mini courses that I offer, but I'm just really excited to kind of see this next level of coaching. And then next year, I will also be uh, aiming to do more consulting work and like working more with businesses, small businesses, hiring teams, because I love coaching candidates and coaching job seekers, but I don't know what I'm sending them into. So I'm hoping to kind of work with more businesses and just make sure their end of it is, you know, more accessible and more inclusive as well. Yeah. And if anyone's like, oh, I'm curious about coaching, but like, I'm just like, want something small to start. Leora has a really cool, I think you still have this resource with the list of job boards. And um, when I downloaded yeah. it, I was like, oh, there's more than Indeed. Oh, I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I have a huge database of job boards. I'm actually overhauling that right now to make it a little <laughs> bit prettier. So that will come next year too, but you can still get it for now. 
Um, and it's like a big spreadsheet. There's like over 70 of them, I think at this point. Um, but, and you can also email me like, can't guarantee I'll get to it immediately. But if you email me with a question, I almost always reply. So. Amazing. Well, just to kind of add on to that, is there, um, where can people find you online? Yeah. So I'm on most main social platforms. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, all of those channels. My username is Oh, Hey, it's Leora. And yeah, I think TikTok and Instagram, I'm the most active on, but if you have Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, follow me there too. I'd appreciate it. I will pop all of that into the show notes of this episode. I want to end by sending you gratitude, Leora, for taking the time, for sharing your expertise and your story. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so excited I could do this. And thank you so much. I'm grateful for you to inviting me here. And that wraps up another powerful episode of Yoga Corner Chats. A massive thank you to our incredible guest, Leora Alvarez, for sharing her valuable insights on navigating the job search journey with intention and authenticity. If you found Leora's wisdom inspiring, which I'm sure you have, be sure to connect with her on social media. You can find her social media handles in the show notes of this episode. Feel free to reach out, ask questions, or share your thoughts on today's episode. As we gear up for more exciting episodes to end out season three, don't forget to subscribe to Yoga Corner Chats on your favorite podcast platform. Stay in the loop for upcoming guests, behind the scenes content, and more conversations that empower your journey to wellness. Join our community on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, where we continue the conversation share resources, and support each other on this beautiful journey of self-discovery. As always, thank you for being a part of this incredible community. Your support, your stories, your presence mean the world to me. Until next time, stay well, stay inspired, and stay true to yourself. Chat soon.